The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Chaos. C-H-A-O-S. Critical hate and overwhelming stupidity. Well... Guess what this episode's about. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Full Count Chaos. Appreciate you tuning in. Hope you cleaned your shit up today because we have company stopping by. Matt Taylor from Roar from 34.com, Orioles blog since 2006. You can also follow him on Twitter at Roar from 34. He spits out some funny shit on Twitter. Huge Orioles fan. I said after the call, I think he should start a podcast. He's knowledgeable. He knows what he's talking about. He's definitely entertaining to talk to, uh, pertaining to baseball and Orioles and sports. So, shit, get it going. Let's go. But, yeah, he was a great call. This is a great episode today. I enjoy talking with Matt. I definitely will be having him back on. You know, today we talk about, of course, John Means. Why wouldn't we talk about John Means? The guy just threw a no-hitter. Could have been a perfect game. Old Pedro back behind the plate, right, Sevy boy? Could have been a perfect game. Did you see when John Means, he he was asked about Pedro messing up his no-hitter? You know, John did his best to play it off like he didn't care. He's like, yeah, you know, no, it's no, it's no problem. And, you know, <laughs> I, I, it didn't bother me. You know, look, Pedro, he's a catcher. He gets paid to catch the ball when I throw it to him. But it's no problem. I, you know, you, you see him grinding his teeth. He's <laughs> starting to sweat when he's talking about it. Oh, Johnny boy. Almost a perfect game. 26 of 27 first strikes thrown. Are you kidding me? And I truly hope that everyone got to watch him throw the no-hitter live. Because I'll be honest, look, if you missed it, it's not the same going on YouTube six hours later and watching it at that point. It really isn't. So I was very thankful to watch it live. And I'm a very superstitious sports fan. The last six innings, I start getting nervous. And I'm the kind of guy, again, very superstitious, where it's like, don't move a thing. Everybody stay where you're sitting. I even ran upstairs, put a diaper on, made sure that I wouldn't move for the rest of the game. My wife's like, what the hell are you doing? Like, John's throwing a a no-hitter. She's like, oh, shit. I think she ran and got a diaper and sat still, and we didn't move. (laughs) Finally, you know, ninth inning comes. That lasted. I swear to shit, I thought he broke up the no-hitter. Of course, didn't. So, you know, I was uh, just screaming, yelling like they just won the game to go to the playoffs. It was a lot of fun. And I made a joke to Matt while we were talking. I said, you know, the Orioles luck. Some pitcher's going to take away the spotlight. I, I didn't know uh, old dickbag Wade Miley was going to be the one to do that. He throws a no-hitter. Are you kidding me? So there's been a lot going on <laughs> lately with sports and baseball and the Orioles. And you got John Means and... We're all excited because they got all this momentum. They get uh, two out of three back-to-back series on the West Coast. They come come into Camden Yards to play Boston. We're thinking, hey, if they sweep them, they're in first place. Oh, boy. All right, so the first two games didn't work out. All right, well, you know, there's still two more games. 
We can split the series, get the momentum, and move on from there. I don't know what it is with the Orioles. They just do not like playing at home in Camden Yards. I don't know. It's ridiculous. So, anyway, Matt comes on. We talk about, of course, John Means. We talk about the shift, and we talk about meth labs. You know, just the normal shit that sport fans like to talk about. I also heard that somebody made a shit ton of money over on Bet Online putting money down on the odds of uh, John Means pitching a no-hitter, and they are living pretty right now. And I always say, why not? Why not head over to betonline.ag? I mean, you can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting events, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Folks, don't just sit there. This is your chance to get into the game, all right? Betonline.ag. I say it every week. Your online sportsbook experts. All right, time to bring Matt on, chat a little bit about baseball. Here we go. is obviously getting attention all over the world right now. I wanted to ask you this. Some fans are stating, you know, he's not being talked about enough throughout the league uh, for what he just did. Do you see that, or does it just seem like all fans feel like their team doesn't get talked about enough? I think a little bit of that is is kind of the, the Baltimore sports kind of underdog inferiority complex. I think yeah. more people will be talking about means now and, and kind of following what he's doing. But, um, you know, early earlier in the season, um, I can see the, the desire for more conversation about means. Um, but it's you know, the, there are a lot of good pitchers out there and um, a, a good April doesn't, you know, it doesn't necessarily vault a guy to the, the front of conversation, especially when right. you have amazing pitchers and the amazing pitching that's been happening this season is kind of in line with the overall overall theme in baseball where the pitchers have kind of been dominating this year. But I think a performance like this, I mean, it, it puts puts him on the map more um, and and will certainly garner him more attention and have people looking uh, closely. I don't know what you can possibly do for an encore. I mean, the guy's been great. <laughs> and you go lights out like he did. What do you what do you do now to to to, to convince anybody, right? So um, but I, I, I'm telling you, man. I I know it's you know what you got an ERA of 137 right now, and, and I was laughing. I'm thinking with the Orioles' luck lately with baseball and how things keep turning out. I was sitting there after this happened. I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if tonight we hear from Scherzer or Cole or Darvish throwing a perfect no hitter. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then they take it away from uh, John Means, but. No, you, you, you make a lot of interesting points there. I, I feel the same way. I always feel that every fan for every team feels like their team or player isn't getting talked about enough. Um, but I did watch a lot of sports television later that night and today. You know, they're talking about them. They are. But again, you're right. It's not a Derek Cole. It's not a Scherzer. It, 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 they're going to talk about it. Because it's fucking amazing what just happened. And he's been good. He was in the All-Star a couple years ago. But, you know, yeah, I, I don't think, you know, it, it's going to be it, it's talked about as much as if it would be one of the other guys. Unfortunately, that's just how it is. Yeah, and I think he's got a real real chance. I mean, I think, you know, certainly he's he's setting a standard that's going to be tough to maintain that level uh, for, for the full season. But even if he just continues to, to pitch you know, strongly and, and can make his way into the All-Star break and onto the All-Star team, I mean, that's... Right. 
the type of story that will be repeated at that all-star game, right? Yeah. He gets in game and all of a sudden it's like, oh, you may remember John Means. He threw the no-hitter, almost perfect game earlier exactly. this Exactly. And so I think that's the sort of thing when you talk about the national conversation is that, you know, the Orioles as a team um, are not going to get a lot of national attention. I mean, part of that's the market. Part of it's the performance. Right. But right. A big stage like that for someone like means can get that story repeated, get more of that attention. Um, and then honestly, I mean, when you talk about guys that kind of become the, the face of the team, all of a sudden, you know, means is the face of the Orioles, you know, depending on which guys potentially make, right. You know, right. Make the game. But I think, you know, I think a, a, a decent uh, rest of the first half of the season, an all-star appearance could really give him a chance to to become kind of the, the face that's associated with the team and give him that national attention that I think a lot of fans are, are hoping for right oh, now. Oh, hell yeah. All, Mike, the all-star t- uh, team, two years out of three, you know, and then he's pitching no-hitter. So, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And I just, well, I shouldn't say hope. It's almost like his next outing, you know, throw 10 runs in two innings and get yanked. Just get it out of the way. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, you know, the poor guy don't, don't want to have to put on a show every time. But, of course, us Oriole fans, we'd love to see that. By the way, did you see the game? Were you tuned in? So I was tuned in for part of it. Here here was my experience. So I started off, started off listening to the game uh, through the radio broadcast, and I was doing some work, multitasking, and it got a little distracting. So probably, you know, third inning around. I said, okay, I'm going to turn this off for a while. Got into my work and then said, oh, let me, let me check this, this score here. And so it's probably <laughs> around the seventh inning when I did that. I was like, oh. So at that point, all the work went to the side. Uh, <laughs> the radio to the television broadcast. Yeah. I started watching. And then as it got to, you know, the, um, the eighth, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm texting my dad. I'm texting <laughs> one of my buddies that I grew up with. Are yeah. you watching? Are you watching? If not, put on the game. Uh, and, yeah. and so I'm really glad it, it happened that way because it, it very easily could have been that, you know, I just really got engrossed with work and came back later and said, oh, OK, you know, great. He threw in a hitter, but it's not the same as as especially those last few innings, just being involved. Mental, right. Exactly. Yeah. I know you probably wouldn't have been able to sleep well that night if you uh, <laughs> found out you're like the one game I don't tune into. <laughs> I'll tell you, there's there's something about it, and and I'm sure it's true in a lot of sports, but I I, I feel like uh, baseball in particular that there's like this extended stress that goes with it. And so <laughs> as I'm watching Means those last few innings, I was thinking of the of the 2016 you know playoffs, and while it was such a disappointing finish uh, when that game ended, it's like I had this stress, and it's like I can't take it. And then after the game, it's like. <laughs> Yeah, but there's something about that stress. It's horrible in the moment, but afterward, it's like, man, it's for it to matter that much and feel that way is exciting. And so it was nice to be there and and spread out the pitches. And yeah, it's stressful, but it's like this this is a season I didn't expect anything to matter. So right. for something to matter this much, it's like that's a good kind of stress to be feeling at, at this point. And I, I just look forward to the day when we can have that again in the postseason and, and for more than one game. Oh yeah. I, I agree that it is, it is funny as sport fans. I, I always say sport fans, we're all crazy. You know, <laughs> we, for some reason we put ourselves through that misery every day, all year. It's a full-time job being a sports fan. Now I <laughs> early is the fourth inning. And I don't know if maybe just because I, I'm just an anxiety mess, big, big, ball of anxiety all the time when it comes to sports but early as the fourth inning I start getting butterflies believe it or not and I don't know why that is yeah so it's a long fifth sixth seventh like it's a long game when I was watching this it felt like it went on for six days 
<laughs> now, do you when you're watching a game like this, when you tuned in, you see means, holy shit, going into the eighth, ninth inning, do you do anything superstitious with sports when you see shit like this? Like, make sure all the remote controls are pointing the right way or sitting in the same, anything silly like that? So here's the thing. I, I tell myself I'm not superstitious, and that makes me a complete liar. So <laughs> I, I, wasn't, I wasn't holding on to the superstition of, of, you know, well, you can't say it's a no-hitter or anything like that. You know, like when I'm um, – you know, well, So that you know, doesn't like, bother you when people if, – if someone comes in the room and goes, oh, my God, he, he's throwing a no-hitter, that doesn't bother you? That, that doesn't bother me, but it's okay. this split. I'm thinking, okay, yeah, that doesn't really matter. But at the same time, when I text dad, when I text my friend, I'm not saying – Oh my gosh, there's a no hitter. I'm saying, are you watching the game? If not, it's on. Uh, but you know, it's right. I, you I'm don't not... realize that you're <laughs> you are a little superstitious, but you just don't realize you're not as you know aggressive as a lot of us are with it. That's funny. Yeah, I'm inconsistent in my superstition, so it's like uh, I'll tell myself I'm not, but then it's like, okay, I was wearing my hat forward. They were doing fine. Then I turned it backwards. And I started to struggle. Let me turn it forward and just yeah. in case. We so, all do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Well, yeah. oh, go ahead, go ahead. It gives you, I think, some sense of control because in those those moments where it is so stressful, I mean, I think that's what really adds to it. Yes, athletes in various sports and talk about how watching the sport is more stressful for them because when they're out there, they at least have some sense of control, like I'm part of this, versus watching and you have no control, and that that's what I think the superstition. That does. is an excellent point. Having no control over something you're so passionate about. That's, absolutely. You're absolutely right there. That's why we do the superstitions because it's almost like we got to feel some way, some part. We got to have some control over this because we want it so badly. That's, yeah, yeah that, that, that you're on point with that. That's exactly right. And uh, like I've said, if I went over all my superstitions during sport games, A, you probably would block me from Twitter and B, we wouldn't talk again. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, it, it gets a little a uh, little chaotic, but you know, watching this game, John means I, I was surprised he did this with such a shit strike zone. Uh, Tim Timmons was the umpire; he was terrible, and I feel like I say that almost every game. And I'm one of the guys who feel that there should be you know, robot umpires. I, I I've just had it. I, I I'm tired of seeing how bad these umpires are, and they just get to come out and say, all right, I'm going to call it like it is in my eyes, and you're going to have to shut the fuck up and deal with it. Where do you stand? Do you do you like the uh, human element of the game, or are you for robot umpires? Yeah, and I'll say that's one of the things with replay. So it's, it's done to two different things for me. So when it comes to the guys in the field, I've gotten an appreciation for, man, these, these guys are good because mm-hmm. there's so many things I, I see in real time they go to the replay and I'm like, oh, he got that one wrong. And I'm like, oh, I'll be darned. He got that thing right. <laughs> but behind the plate, and I, I think that's, you know, one of the angles to all of this. Um, it, it's not my favorite thing, but the reality of what is happening is that, you know, gambling is becoming central to sports. Was it, did I just see today? I think that the Diamondbacks are even going to have a um, an in-house, um, you know, place to, to place your bets during games. Well, when you're talking about the the gambling element of it, you have to have credibility. You've got to um, you know, eliminate um, uh, the sense that there's either a whole lot of random chance that's being put on this. That's by, a great point. Uh, yeah. So that's one of the strongest cases I could see for them going to more of a, a robot system behind the plate. 
Um, because when you're talking big dollars being wagered on games and, you know, even if not the game itself, if it, let's take a, an outing like means has when you get some of those calls that, you know, they've got the strike zone up there on the screen and you see that one that, that hit the, the outer part, you know, of the, mm-hmm. of the strike zone and, and we're watching it called a ball mm-hmm. uh, that, that, that has serious implications. So there's the one side where it's just the integrity of the game. But then when you get into more serious elements, I think where just the reality that gambling's taking over, I think you have to have that credibility, especially behind the plate because it can entirely change a game. And, and I think that's one of the things with means that I was so impressed with late in the game because, he he doesn't get a couple of those really close calls that very easily right. could have probably should have been strikes and i'm up you know like oh come on you got to be kidding me <laughs> and it's like you know he's frustrated but it doesn't distract him he stays focused and and that's a mental toughness that i think amazing. is really horrible it's amazing and and that's interesting that you bring that up because i was just talking about robot robot umpires or radar however they're gonna do it because i'm just you know a pissed off fan but I didn't even think about, yeah, with the uh, gambling and, and betting. Yeah, you better, you got to get your shit together a little more, tighten it up a little bit more. Because, yeah, that, that, that could cause some, a little bit of chaotic mess. So, it's a good point. I didn't even think of that. Are, are you a gambler? Do you like to put some dollars down on some games? What, what's funny is I'm, I'm not a gambler. So, the, the, one of the few bets I can remember making in my life was, uh, was like in middle school. And it wasn't <laughs> on baseball. It was on a football game. It wasn't even teams I was interested in. It was like an Eagles-Cowboys Monday night game. And someone in my class, you know, was a fan of you know, the Cowboys. And I'm just being contrary. And, oh, no, the Eagles will beat them. And, oh, put money where your mouth is. So, you know, at that time, I bet like five bucks, which in middle school was, was a whole lot of money to me. Yeah. I, I watched that game at home and, and we, I don't think the first quarter was even done before my dad says, how much did you bet on this game? And I said, what, what do you mean, dad? He said, there's no way that you would be this worked up about a you know, <laughs> Cowboys game. So that was, that was my gambling career. And I, and I don't know exactly why I haven't become a gambler, but I think that's part of it is that I get too worked up as it is. I would be no good if I stood to, to win oh, or I, lose. Oh, my God. I agree. If I started betting, which I don't, and because I've witnessed my my friends gamble and see what they get. It's like, a, you know, I'm not going to smoke crack. Why? Have you ever tried it? No, I see what happens <laughs> when people smoke crack, so I'm not going to do it. So when I see friends of mine and see what they go through, I'm like, fuck that. I'm already a hot mess when I'm watching the game, and I don't exactly. even have anything on it, you know? Exactly. So, yep, the- yeah, I, I just, I, you know, it's like one of those things. I'm, I'm the guy that smoked the one cigarette, and I'm like, nah, it's not for me, and walked away. But, uh, yeah, they, they, you make a good point. They got to they gotta tighten it up, if not just for the fans. But, yeah, you're going to put some big money on that those games. You better uh, figure this shit out. Uh, his best performance means uh, seven innings. He did that nine times. So he comes out in the eighth inning, unknown territory. He's walking out in the eighth. You could just see his eyes wide open. And, uh, you know, he obviously kept cool. 2018, the guy almost packed up his shit, almost left baseball. I don't know if you knew this. He updated his LinkedIn profile status. Yeah. Um, I think he put baseball player and substitute teacher. I guess I took a screenshot of his uh, LinkedIn. I didn't, I forgot I had it in my phone. I'm like, what the hell is this? I was like, yeah. I said, this is his LinkedIn page. I forgot I took a, a screenshot of. And, uh, you know, he's been through so much shit with his dad. When, when Scott Garceau was talking to him after the game, you know, obviously he, he's a professional. I don't know if you saw that. You could tell where he was going. I think his question to wrap it up was, you know, when these kind of things happen, is there somebody that you're thinking about? You're like, fuck, mm. Scott, can you be any more obvious? But, 
you know. <laughs> Leading the witness. <laughs> right. Hey, folks, hope you're enjoying the call with Matt. We've got a lot more cool and fun shit we get into. Uh, this is going to be real quick, and I want to throw this new one at you. I've already taken advantage of it, and they're absolutely delicious. KansasCitySteaks.com. Get 10% off your order, free shipping. Use the code SD. S is in steaks. D for damn, that's a good steak. They make it so easy. Each order from Kansas City Steaks is flash frozen, delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Bring the steakhouse to your house this summer with Kansas City Steaks. Go to KansasCitySteaks.com. 10% off your order. Free shipping. Use the code SD. I promise you. You will not regret it. Also, mention this. Last one here. Locker Room app. Live audio only sports talk platform. Free to download and use. Locker Room is a free audio social media platform for sports fans. Start or join ongoing conversations. Watch games together. React to the biggest news, rumors, and games. Talk with other sport fans, insiders, athletes, and executives in real time. All you need to do is download the Locker Room app. It is free. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the league. Locker Room app. It's a real deal. Listen, I'm not the guy to sit here and be like, you know, get Scott off the air, this, you know, son of a bitch. You know, I don't have that much rage. I mean, yeah, he's fumbles around a little bit, whatever. But I got to be honest, I I would have, it would have been nice to hear the the Thorn and Palmer calling that no hitter. I mean, my God, that would have just been amazing. And even Kevin Brown, Kevin Brown's great. Yeah, I I like Kevin Brown a lot. And I mean, if, if I had my druthers, it would it would have been listening to you know, to Kevin Brown yeah. and Palmer on that. I mean, especially that's one of the things I thought about is, man, how awesome would it have been to have Palmer be the one, you know, as he's the last guy to throw a solo no hitter. Not only from the fact, I mean, he obviously is going to give you the the great, you know, yeah, kind of pitching insights and everything else, but then he, you know, he can relate to it being the the you know, last guy to to throw a solo no hitter to to have him talk to means after it. I, I even saw. On Twitter after the game, um, there was a fan who had just mentioned something about Palmer and, and tagged him, and you know Palmer responded. And I thought, yeah, he's invested. So I think it would have been nice to have him there. And I, and I do like uh, I do like what Kevin Brown brings, and, and he's the type of guy that I see could be more of a a long term you know solution that I can yeah. see. And I think one of the things I like about him, especially in the current day and age, is that he engages with folks on, on Twitter. He'll joke around a bit. And I think that he joked you know, around with me. I was shocked. I, I said something funny about, you know, I posted a photo of Thorne and, and Palmer and I, I don't know if I tagged him in it or I just put his name and I said, you know, something like cute. Like I missed this sound, you know, something douchey and Palmer area first comment. He's like, uh, I'm taking sound as a compliment or something. I'm like, Holy hell. And I'm just like, Hey, uh, be safe, Jim. <laughs> it's like, I didn't even know what to say. So you're right. He does interact. And there, there's a ton of people out there who don't even acknowledge anybody on Twitter. And you know, it frustrates the fans. So Palmer mm-hmm. going out of, I, I say going out of his way, like, you know, not like he's really doing something extraordinary, but just interacting with the fans is that's badass in my book. Yeah. And I think that nowadays, I mean, obviously it's dangerous if you get into those that are going to be attacking. You don't want to get at that stuff. But I think that it's the reality now. And especially, you know, we we're talking earlier about the the strong Twitter community you know, for the Orioles, mm-hmm. that it's nice to have guys that are going to you know, dip a toe in there every now and again and, and you know, make a make a remark and kind of 
be a little lighthearted because they, they are their personalities and you feel like you get to to know them well um you know and and so I, I think that's just part of it nowadays is you know kind of being you know being where the fans are and interacting at least a, at least a little bit i think right. is a reasonable expectation so, but you're right yeah i mean there, there are a lot of you know people out there on twitter don't want to get mixed in with the, uh, the shit show tornado of, of people talking shit. So I, I get it. You know, I, I just think Jim Palmer is one of those guys that there's not many people out there that want to talk shit to Palmer. So I mm-hmm. think he's okay with uh, talking to people. All right. So I just wanted to spit this out. It's impressive. I mean, this year he's 4-0, 137 ERA. On the road, he's 3-0. and He's a .78 ERA on the road. Um, mm. His on his five games. Last four games, he's 3-1. and uh, .92 ERA last 11 games dating to 2020 is six and one with a 142 ERA. Um, in those 11 games, uh, 13 walks, 80 strikeouts, and uh, 69 innings pitched. I could have read that without him throwing this no hitter, and we'd be discussing like, man, you know, he people need to be talking more about him. And then he throws a no hitter. So, you know, the people complaining, saying, "Oh, I don't think he's getting enough attention." He is, and he will. Just be patient and hang in there. Because, you know, it's not like he's just going to all of a sudden go away. Um, yeah. He might go away off the Orioles. <laughs> well, and it's funny because I think that, that that's even something that, that's that's changing. So I've, I've, you know, respected and appreciated means, felt like he's a good pitcher, but not to the level that he's been this season. So when, when one of the early broadcasts of, of the season – um, they they referenced Orioles ace John John Means, and the first thought that I had was, are we calling him an ace because he's an ace, or are we calling him an ace because he's the number one starter on the Orioles? Great point. And now it's like, okay, prove me wrong. Yes, you know you're you're the ace. You are a legitimate ace, and and that I think does all of a sudden change the conversation around. You know, I was looking at Means as a guy like, oh, he's a great pitcher. Seems like a great guy. And thinking of him in terms of trade value, and now it's like, hey, this this is guy still you know still fairly young and still thinking trade value. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so you're you're still on on the trade value side. No, I I thought it was funny because a buddy of mine this morning and I on Twitter where he brought it up and I made a joke underneath, um, saying something like you know everybody's knee jerk reaction we're gonna kick us in the face for talking about this this early, but. You know, it's on people's minds. Everyone's like, well, what do you do now? You know, he's 28. You know, do you want to throw that money at him? But you hear Elias in conversation say nobody is safe. I don't. I mean, I don't think he uses those words. He just basically like his ears are open. You know, you want to make a call, give me a call. I'll listen to what you have to say. <laughs> but let's be real. Where the Orioles are in their situation, you know? I mean, let, let, let's not, hey – it's amazing what we witnessed, but let's not play dumb. Let's not be a dumb fan. That's kind of harsh words, but you know what I'm saying? It's like that conversation is definitely happening. Well, and I don't think by, by any stretch that you know, it, it's not something that should be considered, right? I do think that, um, you know, where I started at the beginning of the season was like thinking absolutely means as a guy that you know we'll be trading by midseason. I think where I am now is like still still absolutely open to it, but I think it's a harder a harder discussion. Now. Of course, and I think that you know when when you look at Bedard, I mean you've got the obvious of kind of a dominant lefty and and that sort of thing, but um, it's you know b- the the Bedard trade it was a huge part of the Orioles getting to where you know they needed to be that, that yeah. led to that 
stretch start in 2012. Now, the difference there is that that they weren't, you know, developing guys in the minors the, the way that they seem to be doing now. I don't think they had the same foundation, so they really needed, you know, a, a good haul of players. Right. But that's the sort of thing where you look at that and it's like, I think too often as fans, we fall into the, the trap of, of thinking that we're always going to going to win the deal and it's going to be obvious from the start. And mm-hmm. I mean, we remember the really bad trades, but you gotta, you gotta be willing to take some risks, especially when you're, you know, you're dealing with a team like the Orioles that we're not going to be competing for the top free agents. We're not going to be throwing the top money. So you've right. got the development side of it, but then you're probably going to have to have, you know, a couple trades that are risky go your way. Um, and so I think you have to be open to it even after something like this. And, and I felt like before the season, and it, it was heresy to say it at the time, but when people were talking about Trey Mancini coming back and it's like, Oh, this would be horrible. You know, the Orioles could not trade him. It'd be a horrible PR move. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's the there's the PR side of things, mm-hmm. but then there's the are we are are we still talking about winning baseball games? And I I love Trey Mancini. His story is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, would be hard if he went somewhere else, but absolutely, you still have to listen. It is still a business, and you know you're not going to trade away guys that no one wants. You know, it's going to have to be the guys that are performing, and the guys that are performing, especially on a team that as a whole doesn't have those kind of stars are the ones fans are going to love. So you're going to take some PR hits, I think yeah. on the back to, you know, respectability. Right. And I think that's why it's a scary conversation right now. After fans say, oh, no hitter, this is a guy we're going to uh, build around. It's like, not so fast. Uh, but again, uh, you know, look, it, also the other joke is, uh, you know, let's trade John means to get a John means. <laughs> you know, it's, like, <laughs> it's like, well, you already have them. I mean, you know, let, let's try to figure something else out, but you know, how many uh, more Orioles are you going to be able to trade to get some good shit? So I I don't know. But uh, again, I'm sorry I took you down that rabbit hole. Let's just enjoy what we just witnessed. And then, you know, I'll have you on again when it actually happens. And (laughs) we'll talk about it at that point. Um, All right. Go ahead. That was just, just finished that thought. I was just going to say that, you know, that it's kind of, you know, been, been maligned looking back, but you know, the old, old saying during the previous regime where it was, you know, grow the arms and buy the bats and uh. people make that. But I mean, there's some truth to that in terms of everyone's looking for top line pitching. And so being able to, to develop guys. And I think regardless of what happens with means in the long term, where I'm cautiously optimistic, when you look at what he's doing, um, when you look at some of the guys that you mentioned in the minors right now with Hall and, and mm. Grayson Rodriguez, and it, it, seems it's too early to tell but it seems like the development especially of pitchers is much better than it used to be and that i think is probably more encouraging than anything else with the organization because it's like if they can take these guys that have this potential mm-hmm. and translate all the, these analytics they're talking about and spin rates and everything else if they can use that to truly develop pitchers that's a game changer for, for the Orioles. Cause uh, you know, they're not going to be the guys that they get the Garrett Coles and the other big free agents. Right. But if they start developing pitchers, decent pitchers, I mean, I think we're looking at a completely different franchise if that can happen. I don't, I don't know if you, you saw, was it Adley Rushman's tweet or so like he put something like, I can't wait to win a world series for the Orioles in two to three years. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just, I don't remember that kind of energy. I don't know. Maybe it, the energy is just because they are, they're not a good team right now. We're waiting to have a winning season. But uh, and speaking of Adley, real quick, we're going to get to the random questions here in just a second. But um, I thought it was kind of funny. He went 0 for 5 with three strikeouts the other night. Not sure if you saw that. Everyone's like, oh, great. He's a bust. This is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 
congratulations, John. How exciting it was. I, I will admit, I, I got very emotional. I wasn't sitting there sobbing and needing Kleenexes, but yeah, I, I think, you know, somebody was cutting onions in the room a little bit. <laughs> now, here's what we're going to do, Matt. These are just some random ass questions. All right. Some are about sports, some not. Um, the first one I have here for you. Now, this is something I wanted to get into when you called originally, but John Means uh, throwing the no-hitter. How do you feel about the shift? Okay, because there are a lot of fans and writers that feel the shift should be banned. Like, take it away. Are you on board with that? Or are you basically like, look, you're a professional hitter who's making millions of dollars. Stop hitting into the damn shift if you want to hit. I, I am not one of those who supports banning the shift. I, I see this sentiment, you know, and some people feel strongly. I'm more in that latter category, though. I feel like these are professional hitters, and I think it's part of, of strategy. Um, and, you know, we got to keep in mind, we're not that far removed from when even shifting in the first place was something that people looked at kind of sideways, like, oh, come on, all that analytic stuff, you know, and all it would take would be a, a button to the shift or a hit the opposite way. And it's like, see, it doesn't work. Now you see lots of teams doing it. Now you see you know, hitters yeah. have a harder time. I mean, Chris Davis would not be the old Chris Davis or even close to it, but he'd be a little bit better of a hitter without the, the shift. But I, 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 I do not want it banned. I feel like, hey, this is, this is smart strategy, and now it's on the hitters to, to be able to outsmart it uh, going back. I'd like to be able to see – and honestly, Cedric Mullins has done it a little bit. Um, guys that can – bun it down the line and, and take it more as a chance for a free base uh, rather than just hitting right into the shift and, you know, feeling like that's not fair. I, I'm, I'm not against the shift. I think it stays. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. I think it's actually kind of childish to take away the shift. It's also insulting the other team for just for strategizing. Cause sports is all about strategy and, you know, it's basically like, what's the next step? Like underhand toss. I, it just, it doesn't make sense to take something away. It's like in the NFL, like, all right, we're going to stop blitzing because you're not giving the quarterback enough time to throw those deep passes that, you know, the, uh, the fans love to see. Like it, it just, it makes no sense to me. Yes. Okay. I, I get it. it. It's more about entertainment. It's really a show for fans. I get it, but I, I'm just not with it. Okay. Bunt. Hit the learn how to hit the other way. You got these coaches and managers getting paid a shit ton of money too. Mm-hmm. Teach teach them how to hit the other way. I, I don't know. So I just it, it 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 makes me shake my head every time when I see people want to ban the shift. All right, so we're on the same page with that. If you could know the absolute truth to one question in life about anything at all, what question would you ask? Oh, wow. So not even just baseball. Uh, Anything. Yeah. A lot of the, most of these don't have anything to do with sports. Okay. So any, any question I can, I can know the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Will the Orioles win another world series? Hey, Uh, I like it. So I I think I'm probably like a a lot of other people. I'd want to delve into that, that life after death and what's the, what's, what's really going to, going to happen there. What, what happens to you afterward? Uh, so I think that would probably be the, the path. Yeah, that... yeah, that's on my list. I got to say, it's definitely uh, something that always crosses my mind every now and then. Yeah, I like that. All right. So there you go. If you had two, it would be life after death. And then your second one would be when are the Orioles going to win another fucking World Series? I got you. There you go. There All you right. go. Those, those are the those are the two two big priorities, right? <laughs> that, that's in the Orioles. Those are the two, right. two mainstays. Nice. Um, what makes you say, what the hell? Was I thinking when you look back on your life? 
Ooh, boy, probably too many things to count. I know, right? <laughs> well, let me let me let me keep this on 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 baseball. So this isn't a, a major regret, but I, I think now you know I'm a, I'm a dad, um, and so I I think about this more. When I was uh, oh, I thought that was your regret. Okay, no, you got no, it. no, no, no. <laughs> let's, let's, yeah, don't do not edit that to make it sound that way. Oh, my uh, God. come on, that'd be fun. No, I'm kidding. No, 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 no. I wouldn't do that. No, no, no. So when I was uh, a junior at Catonsville High School, we were talking about Catonsville before. Mm-hmm. Uh, my birthday fell on the day that they were doing the. Um, it wasn't the home opener of Camden Yards. They did kind of a, a a test run with an exhibition game against the New York Mets, and that was when Eddie Murray was playing for the Mets. And and so I you know I love the Orioles, and also with Eddie being on the Mets was kind of into them at the time too. So mm-hmm. middle of the day at Catonsville high school, I'm sitting in the cafeteria and, and in walks my dad. Um, and he's got you know, a birthday present for me. And, and part of that birthday present is to go down to Camden yards and see this stadium that everyone's talking about you know, for, the, for the first time before it even opens for opening day. And I think if, if the regret part of it comes in that when my dad first walked in there and, and to take me out of school, I was a junior in high school. And I was embarrassed. And, <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah. it's just that age. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. No matter what it was, yeah, you're going to be a little embarrassed. Yeah. And so, but even knowing it's that age and everything, I, I think, man, that's something really special that, that my dad did. Um, and I'm, I, I think by the, you know, the, not only the time the day went on, but the years have gone on, he knows how much I appreciated that. But I think at the time, what was I thinking? My dad's going to spring me from school and take me to Camden Yards. No, well, wait you know, a minute. You didn't say no. You went, right? Oh, oh, oh I went. Oh, I okay. Went. All right. Why, why, <laughs> why was there any sense of embarrassment or any sense of, of doubt with this? Like, that should have yeah. been like, so long, suckers. Yeah, <laughs> you're holding your middle finger up as you walk out the door. No, actually, that's funny. I mean, there's stories like that that I think of like, man, back in the day, I should have showed my parents that I, you know, loved them more than I did. You know, there's always going to be that, but yeah, that, yeah. that, that's funny that, you know, you, of course, no matter what it is, you're still a little faces beat red and you're like, Oh, don't mind me. I'm just walking out of school with my dad here, mm-hmm. 16 years old. Um, all right. If you were arrested with no explanation, what would your friends and family assume you had done? <laughs> this is my favorite uh, set of interview questions I've ever come across. I don't do a lot of interviews, but this has gone a completely different okay. way. I absolutely love it. So if I'm arrested, what are what are people going to be thinking that I've that I've done? That's, yes. that's what I'm looking for here. Um, I'm going to say just because uh, you know we're not that far removed from the kind of the Breaking Bad era, and we still got Better Call Saul. <laughs> that people are going to assume that I'm I'm running a meth lab. <laughs> Somewhere either out of a, a trailer or, or a secret lab there. Okay. Uh, is there something you're well, trying to tell me uh, that you dabbled in, <laughs> needed the money? Yeah, that's funny. It, Which I'm a huge it. fan of, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. I can't get enough of both of them, by the way. Yeah, oh, I, I, I love them. I, I caught Breaking Bad late, and, I, and it was honestly, I saw folks um, on Twitter when, when it was the finale and, and people actually saying, now that's the way to end a series. And yeah. I was like, what is this? I got to check it out. And I wound up binge watching that. What, Breaking two, Bad or Better Call Saul? Breaking Bad. Like, two, oh, yeah. been through it two or three times. Yeah. And then you know, now I'm on to Better Call Saul. But what's, what's funny with the question itself is that, you know, I, I don't think about uh, what, what crime I would commit that would cause me trouble. But what I do <laughs> think about, you know, sometimes like when I'm out mowing the lawn is like, you know, 
if anything ever happened with me and I was in the news for the wrong reasons, like what would the neighbors, you know, they always interview the neighbors and it's yeah. like, well, what did you think of him? And I, I kind of look and I'm like, hmm, what would that guy say about me on the news? Would it be that classic, like never could have seen it coming or would he have kind of shit me and said, oh yeah, I knew he had it. I, I knew he was trouble. I knew he was trouble. That's, that's, so basically if you're arrested, no one knows. You think the first thing they're going to say is that motherfucker was running a meth lab. Nice. I like it. All right. There we go. I didn't think you'd go down that route, but that that's pretty good. But yeah, the, the um uh, the main character, Saul. Um Saul. Yeah. Saul Goodman, but his real name, I don't know why it, it's slipping my mind. He was uh, actually Yes, thank you. He was um on Howard uh Stern and he actually turned that show down. He kept turning it down, turning it down. He's like, you know, I don't, I don't want anything to do with that. And his son walked up to him and said, Dad, you're going to let me down and a lot of my friends who love your character. So before he was getting ready to call him back and say, all right, I'll do it. And right before he did, his phone rang and they offered him like double the money. <laughs> so he's oh, like, wow. So he, you know, pretended he's like, all right, I'll do it. You know, it's like, <laughs> God damn, this fucking guy. Good I, heard, for him. I heard an interview that he did uh, recently. Um, it was a South Beach Sessions podcast with Dan Lebetard. Really, really good interview. And I, I had no idea. I mean, his career started out in comedy. That he was a. Oh yeah, sad- I used to watch a show. It's called like Birthday Boys. Um, I don't know. Look that up on YouTube if you if you're bored. That's how I found out about him. So when he was on Breaking Bad, I laughed and said, "It's a guy from Birthday Boys," and everyone's like, "The fuck is Birthday Boys?" <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like a comedy sketch show. I haven't seen it in like forever, but yeah, that's what he was doing. He was doing, and he was writing for uh, Saturday Night Live too. Incredible. That's incredible. Um, all right. What conspiracy theory out there do you believe the most? Oh boy. Um, hmm. That, that's a, that's a tough question only because I, I try to, um, stay away from with- that conversation. <laughs> Die away from the conspiracy theories yeah. um, and and getting into those uh, those too much. Uh, can you know can can Nate hit the foul pole be a, a conspiracy theory or is that? Uh... Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I, that could be a. Uh, yeah, that that I remember that that one pissed even, me off big time. Even even better. Here's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to make up my own conspiracy theory since I don't have one pre-existing for you. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say that Jeffrey Mayer was a plant by Major League Baseball to ensure that the Yankees made it to the World Series. Right. That's why he was on Letterman. That's why he was celebrated. That's why a call that was so clearly wrong. Uh, that's not far-fetched, though. I mean, that's actually something that I would absolutely believe. So you're on to something there. There you uh, go. There's, there's, there's your next there. chapter that you're going to write about. <laughs> Holy hell, that's hilarious. All right, um, we got a couple more here. You're on death row. Last day, what's your meal? Ooh. Uh, of course, anything you want. Anything I want. It's going to be a, a really big meal, I'll tell you that. Oh, hell uh, yeah. But what's like your main, you got, you know, a couple on the plate that you better make sure it's on there. So um, at the the toughest thing is going to be the main course, because I'm, I'm thinking I, I got to have a nice steak dinner before I go out. But I'm also I'm a big lasagna fan. Ah. I, I love a well-made lasagna. Noth- so. Nothing better than a, a homemade lasagna, too. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I had a, I had an aunt that that used to be what she did uh, at Christmas time. She would come over and oh, she God would bless eat- her. Scratch, and I think that's where my love for it came from. So I'm, I'm thinking there's got to be some some lasagna on that plate with uh, you know, maybe some, uh, so, you know, some some garlic knots or, or, ooh, or garlic breadsticks. So basically, a lasagna stuffed with steak. 
There you go. That's the one. That's the ticket. And then, boom, you're gone. All right, I got you. And then you'll be able to tell us what life after death is like. <laughs> there you go. It all comes full circle. <laughs> it all comes full circle. Which bothers you the most here, Matt, during a game? The wave? Seeing grown men wearing a baseball glove during the entire game? Or fans wearing a team's jersey that's not playing? Ooh. Um, wow. So I'll, I'll admit that none of those anger me um, – too much that, that I'm going to get too worked up about it. I mean, it, <laughs> the only thing that's going to anger me is, is when it's like the, the Yankees or Red Sox fan at an Orioles Mariners game and that, you know, standing up and, and trying to irritate everybody. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've probably been guilty of, of some of oh, those. Yeah. I, yeah. I have some stories where I'm not proud of myself, even the ride home. I'm just, <laughs> my wife's just like, it's silent ride home. My wife and I, and I just kept going. I know, I know, honey, I'm sorry. So, you know. <laughs> the, the, the one I'm going to go with only because I've got a story behind it is the, <clears throat> is the glove. And, and the story is this, that um, when I was, I guess it was, um, I was in, in college. I want to say it was probably my, my junior year. And um, I had a couple buddies up there in New Jersey, one who was a Yankees fan, one who was a Mets fan, <clears throat> but um Managed, I managed to get tickets to opening day at Camden Yards. And so it was right, it was like the day before my birthday. I think it was my 21st birthday, as a matter of fact. So we came down, we went to the game, and my college roommate, and he'll kill me if you ever listen to this podcast, he brings <laughs> his glove with him, right? Okay. And so we're out there in the bleachers during batting practice, just just watching it. And he's getting a hard time from you know a few guys behind him, like, hey, got your glove with you there. How huh, major leaguer? You know, how old are you guys again? This is, you know, 20, 21 years old. Okay. Right. <laughs> so there's, you know, it's still early, but there's a few guys that have you know, sure. a few, be- few beers deep, giving them a hard time. <laughs> and he's, he's laughing it off. Well, then <clears throat> ball comes flying out to us during batting practice and you hear it hit his glove. And right. all of a sudden it's like, okay, this changes things. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> Woody was his nickname. I'm like, Woody, oh man, you got you. You got the glove, you got the ball. And then he just starts shaking his head. No, it hit his glove. It popped out and a little kid picked it up and and got it. And you better believe these guys that were taunting him for having the glove gave him a really hard time. Yeah, you better get rid of that. (laughs) The level was at five of giving a hard time and it just went right up to 10. Oh, absolutely. That's embarrassing. Well, you know, got to give it to him. Because if people who've never... Uh, been in the situation and they see fans reach out for a fly ball and they're like, oh, okay, I'll do that. If you've ever had a baseball at a game hit your hand without a glove, you'll never, ever do that again. <laughs> so I kind of get why people, when they bring their gloves, it's like I don't make fun of them anymore because it happened to me a few years ago and I'm like, I am never grabbing for a ball again. That was that was brutal pain. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, last one. Um, yes or no, six options here. You're just going to say yes or no on whether these people are athletes, horse jockeys. No. Bobsledding team. Yes. Mm, Interesting. Curling. No. Bowlers. No. Pro golfers. No. (laughs) NASCAR drivers. No. Wow. So the one... (laughs) The one selection is bobsledding team for being an athlete. That is a first out of people who have ever called into this show. That's amazing. Uh, you want to follow up on that? Well, so when you when you say bobsled team, I, I think you know there's some Olympic sprinters that have, have turned into bobsledders, and uh, it, it, okay, 
there's a there's that speed element and you know so I think that's what comes to mind. There we go. I agree with that. I I know exactly what you're picturing. And I appreciate you saying no about NASCAR drivers. I'm tired of having that argument. You know, it's like I can drive fast in my car as well. doesn't mean I'm an athlete and I get it. You know, well, you're going 180. Well, Matt, listen, man, I can't thank you enough. uh, Please tell your wife I'm sorry I pulled you away this long. It was supposed to be like a 25-minute call, but I'm having so much fun, and and you're very entertaining to talk to. So hopefully I didn't pull you away too too long here. Um, But uh, definitely want to keep in touch. And, Matt, I I will be having you on again, if you don't mind. That's for sure. I'd love to do it. And uh, other than that, listen, man, you take care of yourself and have a great weekend. Okay, buddy? Okay, you too. I enjoyed it. Thanks, man. All right, Matt, take it easy, buddy.